And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Coming up March 25th, Saturday, 8 to noon in the morning, we have our 2023 Familiaris Consortio Conference uh, theme this year, Averse to Adversity, Why Christians Should Pursue Resilience Over Avoidance. We have some great speakers Dr. Kristen Collier will be our keynote, Dr. Tom Bishop, also Jennifer Tom will be joining us as well, talking about uh, bouncing back after adversity. And with me right now to discuss uh, this event, uh, we've got the president of Father Gabriel Richard High School, Joe Giordano, who really uh, is the spark plug that keeps this thing going. Good to see you, Joe. Good afternoon, Al. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, and with us as well is Dr. Kristen Collier, uh, who joins us. Uh, She serves at the University of Michigan where she's Associate Professor of Medicine and directs the program on health, spirituality, and religion. You can follow her on Twitter at Kristen Collier 20 We'll have all that listed for you, of course, uh, on the website. So, Joe, I'll let you set it up, uh, what the aim is for this conference, and then we'll have uh, Kristen join us. Yeah, we're so grateful to Ave Maria Radio and to you, Al, for uh, your continued partnership. This is our sixth annual Familiaris Consortium event. And uh, as we were really praying and discerning and and talking through what what a relevant topic would be, um, this this topic of um, the virtue of resilience just kept coming up. And, um, you know, as we move and as, as we as Catholics and Christians really feel... Um, how we're no longer living in in um, Christendom. We are in apostolic times, and um, there's going to continue to be more um, more aversion to the truth, and we need to be yeah. prepared for it. And it was interesting, kind of as we were discerning this topic, I was at uh, two different talks by two different college professors from very reputable Catholic universities in the country. And in both of their talks, they they referenced that the virtue needing the most development and the most growth among their college students today is the virtue of resilience. Wow. And um, and I would say we're seeing that at the high school level as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, between COVID and so many different issues that, that our young uh, young adults and our students are experiencing. There is just this need. And, and I know there's a need in my life to grow in the virtue of resilience. Yeah. Who, who couldn't grow in that virtue? Yeah. So that was really a topic we thought would resonate with our audience and our community and, and something we want to focus on. Dr. Collier, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Alan, Joe, good afternoon. It's good to be with you both. Let me just ask a basic question about how you, you moved uh, in your life from a very pro-choice, anti-theist, to now directing the University of Michigan Med School's program on health, spirituality, and religion, and giving talks on pro-life feminism, um, was that uh, as big a turnaround as it sounds? I mean, even when you say it, right, it is a, it is a huge turnaround. Um, the the best answer I can give you is, is God's grace. Um, obviously, you know, so many people have, through God's grace, have come into my life over the past several years that have led to my Christian conversion, baptism, and repentance. And yeah, absolutely, I, I call myself a pro-life feminist and uh, it's a very strange experience to be at a medical school where I went to medical school, and I was a very, um, I would say, pretty militant pro-choice person, mm-hmm. um, and sort of wavering between anti-theist and non-theist to now being, yeah, the director of a program at the Med School in Health, Spirituality, and Religion. Yeah. Does that create any controversy for you there? 
Um, I mean, controversy is an interesting word. I mean, mm-hmm. I think definitely we all are learning from each other, um, especially, you know, in higher education about what it means to be, um, what it looks like to be able to sit with people um, and learn from each other and yeah. converse and work with people who have differences of opinion around large issues. Um, many of your listeners know that um, this summer in particular was a stress test for our community when um, I was asked to be the speaker at the White Coat Ceremony for the Medical School to welcome the new medical students. Yes, I remember. And um, I accepted that. Um, and then shortly thereafter, that was known. There was a petition started um, by some students. Um, that were, This petition was signed by actually a lot of our um, faculty and students at the med school to have me removed as the speaker because of my pro-life views. And so that was a stress test for us. Um, you weren't you weren't even speaking that, but yeah uh, you, you, no, I mean I you were not. not there as an advocate for the pro life position right you, you right. were just this was Correct. a welcoming speech to incoming exactly. uh, u of m med students exactly so yeah, so the goal team in our society, which is a honor society that has national chapters that um we have a chapter of at the med school, um voted me to be the faculty speaker because they said that I, I embody the type of qualities that um you know you would want in a physician like taking yeah. care of you or your loved one, and I just accepted this invitation to welcome the new medical students. I wasn't even going to speak about about abortion, but because of my position as a pro life person and I've made that known in talks that I give and um in my um, comments and various platforms. Um, they uh, many people believe that I didn't have a place to speak um, uh, because of wow. that identity that I hold that flows out of my Christian faith. Yeah. Wow, wow. Um, I, I mean, as you look over your own um, profession and the educational environment that your students are learning in, should uh, Catholic and other Christians uh, in the, um, the health professions be concerned about conscience protections in the future? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think conscience protection is one of the hot button issues right now, especially that um, I care a lot about. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of us um, in medicine, um, even people are are brothers and sisters who don't uh, claim the Christian faith, um, have very strong views about um, the good of medicine and how they believe, um, but and I believe that the, that the that the good of medicine does not include directly aiming at the death of of our uh, fellow members of the human um, species. So I'm very pro-life, right? I don't believe that abortion is healthcare. I don't believe that um, physician-assisted suicide euthanasia is healthcare. Right. Um, and I, I don't believe that the that the sacred vocation of medicine should be wrapped up with um, with the business of death. Um, but I'm not the only one that believes that. And actually, as I said, a lot of our brothers and sisters of different faiths and um, even people that don't hold a faith claim at all um, and, you know, have, have, a, have a problem with killing other human beings under the guise of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I do believe that um, our, thank goodness, so many of our colleagues across the country um, in different ways are helping to preserve um, physician conscience, which is actually a beautiful moral tool for us to be able to be guided within the practice of medicine. And everyone has um, different views on that. I know it's a controversial issue, but I, I agree for, especially for, for those of us who have these strong beliefs, to be able to be able to live in an integral way in our identity as um, Catholic and Christian physicians in the practice of medicine, that, that should be preserved, especially under the, I think, the tenet of, of, of diversity, equity, inclusion. Like, that includes people who have religious diversity and our religious colleagues, like, should be able to practice medicine in a way that they feel to have a moral integrity. Were you surprised when you had that student resistance uh, to your speech? Were you prepared for that, or did that come out of the blue? You know, it, it did come out of the 
blue, I guess. And I think, you know, it was a perfect storm of sorts. So when I was asked to be the speaker, it was, I think it was sort of maybe mid-early June. And then shortly thereafter, there was a piece that I was interviewed with um, or in called the, um, In the Pillar, the, the Catholic oh, sure. Pillar yes. by Charles Camosi yes. about mm-hmm. my conversion, actually. Um, and then that piece came out, I think it was like the same day, Roe versus Wade was like overturned. <laughs> it was like a big, obviously, type of sort of perfect storm. And then I became that person, right, like this lightning rod for like all things abortion. Um, and so, but it was very surprising because like the petition that was started and and all of this that happened which was um so hard um you know i think i think a lot of folks don't even know what i feel about abortion and they don't even know me personally to have this really um strong which i believe was an identity-based attack again because i wasn't speaking on abortion right i was just trying to welcome this to new students um to have that um at a place where i feel like i've poured so much into the students and and such by, by a small group of students it felt it felt hard um you know yeah. I, I love our place i love our students so to come into work and to teach and to work in this place where um you know people would act and look at me in a way that was um unwelcoming and and really had um um you know some tough things said about me i have to say that was really that was really challenging yeah, yeah. i bet it was yeah. I, I just that kind of thing where again they don't know you uh they they're in a way their reaction to you was dehuman was dehumanizing you uh you weren't a person you were just an opinion on legs you know uh Right. I know there's totally a lot of trauma and emotion around abortion. I totally get that this is something we probably, you know, need to do a better job of discussing in, in the academy and to sure. have an idea of, like, what this means to have this, 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 this opinion and how we can, again, sit together in an educational space. But So I, I understand that, but I think, again, all of these things being focused at me without sort of a due process to be able to even, like, defend myself or to have a, a place to sort of sit with people and, and converse, it just was very, um, it was very hard. And I think, you know, to have our academic year start on this foot, um, it, it's a tragedy, I think, for our community. And I do really feel for our community because we all went through this together. It just didn't happen to me. This happened to our students and the administration. I think there's a lot of healing that has to happen. And I just pray and hope that that can be done in, in a way that's restorative. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this makes you actually just a perfect keynote speaker for this upcoming Familiaris Consortio mm-hmm. event, which is focused on handling adversity, uh, pers- Pursuing resilience over avoidance. Um, did it ever occur to you as this was going on that maybe you would just step aside and not give the talk? I mean, there was that option at one point sort of discussed, right, about, you know, should, should you know, at one point there was a concern that maybe the talk would be taken away from him. And as you know, the administration did the right thing and said we would not take away someone's, right, um, sort of uh, invitation to speak because they have different views than our own. So the administration did the right thing and completely stood up for me and it was great to see that. Um, but definitely there was, I think, any normal person would say, boy, you know, am I going to have the courage that it takes to sort of go through with this? Should I go through with it? Yeah. What are the motivations for doing this? What are the benefits and sort of risks of going through with it versus stepping down? And it's sort of at some point this whole idea of obviously academic freedom and freedom of speech and all these sort of big ideas where I felt resting sort of in this decision. And so with a lot of prayer and counsel and sort of asking for wisdom, you know, we decided to, to go through with this and I had the backing of the administration to do so. But of course, I think it's a pretty normal sort of temptation to just to be like, r- run away and say, no, no, thank yeah. you. Why, why am I doing this? But I do think just given that the, the, what was at stake, um, I think the right thing to do was to have the talk um, happen, which I'm, I'm, I felt very supported in, in, in that decision. Uh, just curious about your program there on health, spirituality and religion. Sure. Uh, is the, I mean, is there significant uh, research that's been done showing uh, positive outcomes for, you know, uh, that that impact health uh, 
from people who engage in spiritual practices or are religious? Oh yeah, I mean this is yeah this is definitely my my academic niche. I'm very interested in the intersection of medicine and spirituality and religion, and our program um, helps to um, provide and legitimize a space within academic medicine to have conversations about the intersection. The intersection is broad as it relates to patient care and to help our students be able to see our patients and humanity in the fullness of who they are and to attend to them not just as sort of you know machines uh, but human beings. Um, yeah who have social and spiritual and emotional needs, but also, you know, and the data supports this 100%, whether you look at, you know, sort of health and, and sort of addiction and wellness, all these things in which sort of the data suggests, but also about how patients want their religious and spiritual needs accommodated within healthcare and how mm-hmm. this, this topic benefits physicians themselves as they think about their own wellness within the profession. Okay. So yes to all of that. Dr. Yes. Collier, let me, uh, music coming thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you sure, on uh, this coming Familiar yeah, Consortial Conference. Yeah, you. Yeah. Joe, you want to give us uh, the call out? Yeah, Saturday, March 25th. Uh, Registration starts at 8. We'll get started at 8.30 and we'll be done by noon. Please join us. More information at AveMariaRadio.net.